Hello everybody and welcome to Busy Playing Something episode 13 and this is Busy Playing Something Live. I'm your host for today, Sean, and otherwise known as Holly DePrawn, and I am joined by Soldier First Class, Joshua LaRosa. You got the little Hello. salute as well. Hello, Josh. I know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I got to start doing the swinging the sword and put it behind my back, but I'm not that weeby, not yet. I haven't got like a life-size buster, buster sword in my, uh, in my uh, house. Have, so. you, have you looked for one online? It feels like you have. No, I actually haven't surprisingly no i i did just make a recent purchase though i did purchase um dirge of cerberus which is the ps2 final fantasy 7 game uh which i don't plan on playing it's apparently terrible but really when you're in this deep yeah it, it's notorious but when you're in this deep and you've got everything else you're like well might as well right might as well i'm there so how are you guys all going yeah, I'm pretty good. A little bit sore in the throat, uh, but I'm sure I'll be able to make it through. That's all right. I've got an alcoholic beverage next to me, so that should get me through. And uh, we also have Ricky El Nizo. Ricky, how are you doing? I'm okay. How's, how's everybody going? Hope you're having a good week out there in the world. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, but that's okay because yeah. we've got other things to focus on, namely video games. But uh, before we do mm -hmm. get into it, uh, Josh, you do have a little icebreaker for us to get us started with. Do I firstly want to ask you guys though what do we, what's on the uh, the beverage menu tonight? What are we drinking? I just want to go around the grounds and is this because you're well, trying to show off that you're actually drinking alcohol for once? Yeah, I know. It's like, I've just turned <laughs> yeah. eighteen, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know. What, yes, are, we, what are we drinking? You look it. Yeah, mm. I've got a I've got a nice uh, Pinot Gris. I um I, I got that those Hello Fresh boxes and they they send you all these like additional deals and one of them was like for naked wines. So I got thirteen bottles of wine for ninety bucks. Mm. And I, I don't really drink wine, but I feel like I, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s now. I got to like start to refine my palate. So, got a nice Pinot Gris, and it's uh, it's actually not bad. So there you go. Alrighty, what about you, Josh? I'm on the uh, cocktails tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I've got an Oy. old fashioned here that I uh, got to eat. We've got the the, the uh, ice cube. Okay, happening. okay. Yeah. Surprised? Aren't we a little surprised that I could do this? <laughs> fancy boy fancy boy i mean uh, uh, an old-fashioned is literally three ingredients if you fuck it up i mean i'm, I'm uh, there's no help for you unfortunately it's more the ice cube that threw me off i made the drink before putting the ice cube in which was my first mistake because i just wanted to get the levels right i didn't want to have too much of anything going on and i plunked the ice cube in and just went like <laughs> all over yeah, the you need, that's why you need some you need some tongs just to gently lower it into the uh into the drink it, it's the issue with the girth of the glass versus no the girth of the ice cube versus the glass like there's a narrow room yeah. in this mm -hmm. glass so i have yeah. to like i can't use my fingers or any tongs or anything like that so i might need a bigger glass but uh what about you sean what are you drinking tonight uh for myself i have the hawkers um melbourne uh brewed independent uh it is the fuzz buster which is mm -hmm. a it's a peach cobbler pastry sour so you call me fancy over here he's drinking a 7.2 percent I mean, it's just a it's just a beer with a bunch of sugar and stuff in it at the end of the day mm, and mm. i'm okay with that that is yeah i know they're like don't get me wrong i've got nothing against craft beer i fucking love craft beer but it's you know, it, there's, there's fancy and then there's fancy you know well actually craft, I, like, craft yeah. is as fancy as it gets craft well, is as fancy as it gets for beer yeah craft beer yeah. is and I, i've kind of made a thing where every time i go into a bottle shop for the first time or if i go into a bar for the first time i'll always try and order something that i've never had before that's like that's mantra. so whether yep. it's like even a stout that i've never had or whatever it is like if if i've never had it before i want to give it a go and if it's crap it's crap but at least like i've tried it because there's no point going to like you know 10 or or 12 different bars and having the same thing every single time like i get it like that's fine it's comfortable but you know i want to try something a little bit different sometimes 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I just go back to the the old one, but I've only just discovered the old fashions in the last twelve months. So to me, it's oh, yeah. it still feels new because I don't really drink that often. But anyway, icebreaker. No pun intended. Huge ice cube. Um, now, I've returned to the office one or two days a week, which oh. in a, in amongst itself could be a whole icebreaker. This is the the Josh has issues segment or yeah. what grinds Josh's gears. Yeah. Josh and has a um, sook. Josh has a sook. This is where he, I get to bed <laughs> for you know ten fifteen minutes, and. This is a well-known office culture thing, right? Where you feel like you're forever saying hello to people. Whether that is the nodding, the smile, you know, when you, you know someone's walking, you kind of give them the nod up or nod down, depending on, you know, who, you, who you're looking at. Uh, the, the smile, like you might give them a, you know, a little bit of a mm-hmm. grin. And I feel like at some point we need to call it. Now, I've found myself saying hello to people, like, sometimes more than once or twice. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, you know, we just, you, you know, you're in your office for about eight hours or whatever it is. And it's like, hey, like, I've said hello to you once. And I don't know if it's rude if I stop now at this point. Is it kind of rude if I just walk past someone? Is that rude? Given that I've said hello to them once. So I want to bring the panel in because I know we're, we're an expert panel of three here. After one hello, am I, is this person entitled to another hello from Josh? That's the question. All right. I'll go first then, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, you go first. All right. So I guess, because uh, I've worked in an office uh, for yeah nearly 10 years uh, before, and I'm, I, I understand the, the hellos all the time. So you, when you walk in, it's hello. Maybe at 9.30, it's a hello. Maybe it's, you know, you're having morning tea. It's a hello. By about Raised lunchtime, eyebrow. you might meet a couple of people again who you haven't seen all day. It's like, oh, it's lunchtime. We're all having lunch at the same time. Hello. And all that mm. sort of stuff. But I think you can start off with a hello. Mm. And then every other time you can do the head nod. It's mm. like, well, the, yeah. when, when does the raised eyebrows come in? Is that is that like an afternoon hello? Like when you've just gotten to the point where you've just gone. But by the time it gets to an afternoon hello, you're saying goodbye. Mm. like yeah, what it's what true. it's what it's 4 30 yeah, you, you you finish up at five it's 4 30 you're not going to say hello you're going to say oh what are you doing after work like you're going to mm. be asking those sorts of questions you're not going to mm. be you're saying, transitioning hello. to a, a goodbye conversation i appreciate that yeah yeah i just feel like it's it's a tricky one ricky like you know mm. do, you, do you a raised eyebrow type of guy like where, where are you drawing the line oh, yeah you, you're a well, one hello and that's it type thing or it, it's i've never worked in an office so i don't know like what the office specific culture is like I've worked in retail hardware worked on a farm so I've done a bit of everything but mostly all of my work experience is hospitality so hospitality is I think it's a different beast because you're always around everybody there's no like going off to your cubicle or your, your office or whatever so you're always just around everybody so there is none of that multiple separated interactions it's all very much you're just there Mm. And you say hi to everybody, and then that that's it. Um, someone else starts shift later. You say hi to them. That's about it. Uh, so yeah, it's a very much just a one hello, and then like if I'll see someone like because where I work, it's a it's a two story uh, venue. So if I see someone like coming out of the elevator uh, between the two stories, and I've already said hello to them that day, it's just it's the eyebrow raise. It's the mm. how you doing? That's that's it. That's all they get. No more. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> I think the one hello is good. We've acknowledged, we've, we've understood. Today, we've ticked that off. From yeah. then on, non-verbal. Unless you yeah. need, really need something from anybody, non-verbal is all you need. 
Yeah, and I've run into the trap of the... This is the last piece of the puzzle. This this one actually made me just internally smirk when you start to think about it. And these are just the type of things that go through my mind. Um, by the way, this, this segment, it's like a great introduction to my psyche. But a post-Christmas party or post-event thing. Now, I hope no one's listening from my work. I'm not going to disclose where I work. This is something that I feel like could bite me in the butt um, mm. as, as some sort of, like, breakout or something. But the idea of this... You have a Christmas party or some sort of function, right? People get a little bit more social. You, you kind of have more of an interaction with people, which is great, right? It's good to get to know your, your fellow, you know, colleagues co-workers. and co-workers uh-huh. yep. and, and mm-hmm. so on. But then there's the issue of like, how do you greet them in that setting? Because it isn't a corporate setting at that point. So I've got a few people now that, you know, at that function, we may have like embraced each other in some sort of a hug, kiss on the cheek, some sort of interaction like that. Now it's starting to carry over into the office. Ooh. And now it's, uh, we, we crossing boundaries here. Oh, I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm fine. But it's just like, all right, we're going to do this every time now. Like, where do we end? When does this stop? When do I have to stop interacting with people? That's, that's really the question I'm asking. You, you just want to go back to working home, working from home full time. So it's just, it's, it's brief, courteous hellos via webcam. And there's none of this physical awkwardness that you have to navigate every single day. Is that what you're basically saying here is you just don't want any, any physical contact at all? I just feel like I just want to cut myself off from most of the world. Fair enough. Just yeah, genuinely. Okay. Generally, I just, I, it's, <laughs> it's hard being in a job where you got to deal with people, but also mm. having issues with most of the people that, mm, yeah. you know, just, yeah. anyway. Mm. I think yeah, so your, so your, your Christmas, it's funny, your Christmas party is like, that's the awkward thing about it. It's just like, all the, is, is the greeting going to get, you know, bumped up here? Whereas hospitality Christmas parties is the aftermath is being able to look all of your colleagues in the eye the next day because you've done so much heinous shit the well, that night before. Happen. That is... I, hey, look, I, I don't doubt, like, hospo Christmas parties are fucking wild, but I can only imagine that, like, corporate Christmas parties where there is an infinitely larger budget and, like, some of the most depraved freaks end up working in, in corporate. Mm-hmm. I corporate can imagine... Come out, yeah, exactly, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I can only suits. imagine... <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can only imagine that it gets... A, far more depraved on, on a different level like hospitality we just try to write ourselves off and do the dumbest shit possible corporate i feel like they, they take it to another level they go another step and I've, I've worked enough corporate christmas parties to see this shit you guys are wild you need to calm down so the last thing i'll say before we, we we move on here is if busy playing something makes it if we get there one day and there are people mm-hmm. that are coming to see us or coming to say hello or they see us randomly like oh it's uh, it's old mate from uh, busy playing something just avoid josh that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Josh yeah, will make a rare appearance. Point. He will be there. Mm. He won't talk much. And then he'll leave. Is, and yeah, uh, Josh is not like Ricky and I. No, yeah, no. The, 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 the one... And it's high fives with people, selfies. No, I just feel like, no, look. No. The, the one thing I will take out of COVID is the, the proliferation of the fist bump. That's it. You go for the fist bump. There's no only shaking handshake because it gets awkward. It gets weird. You're going for the, the standard handshake or the bro mm. handshake or the bro handshake with the pat on the back. No, no, no. Or the shoulder, shake with the shoulder. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. But, getting, but the fist bump is like the least mm. awkward. Like there's, there's, there's so much less that can up. go wrong. Exactly, yeah. exactly. We so, need to yeah. agree as a people on some yes. sort of a, a worldwide handshake etiquette. Yeah. All right, because it's true. I've run into that where someone's going for the bro shake and I'm going in for the corporate shake, and I'm like, what, what type of shake is happening here? And then yeah, there is the pat on the back, the shoulder. You know, it's just like, look, can we just agree on one universal shake? I'll shake it. You'll shake it for a right amount of time. Any longer, I'm pulling away. I'm I think maybe away. just punch it. 
Maybe I'll start fist pumping people. Nice little, nice little to... Nice little PewDiePie bro fist, boys. I'm going to start going to my corporate meetings and just instead of shaking everyone's hand, just start fist bumping everyone. Hey, look, yeah. somebody's coming up yeah. for a hug. Just put the fist up. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work. <laughs> You're either going to knock them out and won't have to yeah. deal with the... With the uh, interaction yeah, anyway they've got to be quick they've so, got to understand the boundaries that you've put in place by putting that fist exactly. up keep up exactly. people yeah. there you go keep up. that's the way to do it now mm. we are a video game podcast um if you haven't already make sure you do check us out on our social media so we've got our twitter busy underscore playing uh we've got josh at joshua larosa ricky at budget seth rogan and myself at holly deprawn uh, if you haven't already subscribe to our youtube uh, subscribe to on our all our podcast feeds, which include Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as social feeds where we do have TikToks, uh, as well as Facebook and Instagram. So we're on basically everything. So if you haven't Everywhere, already, baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you Everywhere. haven't already, check it out. Now, we're going to get stuck into games, but firstly, I want to cover what games we've we been playing this week. Now, Ricky, I know it's been a little bit busy for you, so I haven't really gotten up to much. No, holidays, my two-week break is over, so I'm back at work, and I walk back into an absolute shitstorm. Uh, when I leave, everything goes to hell, so <laughs> I've been very busy. Alrighty, and Josh, what about yourself? Yeah, just uh, kicking back, still playing through Final Fantasy VII and the remake yet again. Just taking it easy. It's kind of nice having these quiet weeks. Just Nothing's really uh, calling me at this point. I, I tried getting back into Cyberpunk. I'm like, oh. Too much, too much commitment. I've got commitment Even with the TV with the show the coming soon? Oh, you know me. I love a companion TV show. Like Quantum Break, I was all over it. No, I, yeah, mm. nothing's really uh, calling calling my name. But what about you, Sean? You're always playing something. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, I'm still working through the uh, the Spider-Man remastered DLC. Uh, so I think I'm still on uh, the heist. Uh, I'm also splitting that between Toy Story 2. But uh, I did install another game, which will be the next one that I play. It's a Final Fantasy title. Can you guess what it is? It's Origins. Uh, I bet you it's Origins. Are you going after what? Chaos? No, I'm not going after Chaos. No. Okay. no. Okay. Uh, it is Final 14. Fantasy Type O HD. Oh, God. Do you guys Why? remember that one? Yes. So, no. Okay, so Type O uh, was the PSP title, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then it got a HD right. remaster. Of course. And uh, apparently it's meant to be live action Final Fantasy. So it's not really turn based, it's live action. So you know the different buttons have different attacks so it's if anything similar to the recent ones although not similar at all like i know there's a difference but it'd be the closest one to it that's not turn-based so i thought i may as well give it a go since i've had a steelbook collector's edition sitting in my uh my library Ooh. for nearly 10 years now Ooh. sean Ooh. can i ask you yeah sure. you play a lot of games yeah. but there are key games missing from this list of games that you've played how about we, we take your energy for playing the random ones that no one really wants to hear about <laughs> and focus that energy into what? playing Last of Us, playing Uncharted, playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, for instance, or something a little bit more relevant. Playing the AAA <laughs> PlayStation titles? No, not necessarily. All but three I just of feel those like, are PlayStation AAA titles. Well, they just happen to be on that platform. But Final <laughs> Fantasies, if you're going down the Final Fantasy track, why that game well it's not the first final fantasy that i've played the first one that i've actually played and finished was world of final fantasy ah yes yes so like the chibi one that was announced right before final fantasy 7 remake was announced that was the announcement beforehand yeah and it i, came I out remember that well. e3 showcase that but was... um i don't know yeah. i can't 
I can't necessarily get around every single AAA title. Like, I do want to play them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything mm. away from them. But I think that almost does a disservice to the breadth of options that we have in regards to games. There's a lot of mm. games that have fallen through the cracks and become cult hits, and it's only later in life where they get that new lease. So, for example, Psychonauts didn't really do that well, but all of a sudden, it's seen as a big one. And I know, like, yeah, you've got your Elden Ring, and you've got all this sort of stuff, but, like, at the end of the day, I'll be able to play them at any time. Whereas, with a lot of these other smaller games, eventually, these platforms, you know, they'll, they'll become obsolete, and if there's no backwards compatibility, so, like, for example, I've got a whole bunch of 360 titles behind me, and there's still mm. only about maybe 50 of them that aren't backwards compatible with the Xbox One. And so at some stage, because I do want to play some of these games, I'm going to have to crack out the Xbox 360 and play them. Mm. So I feel like yeah, I'm, I am enough. playing catch up a little bit. I know that these big titles, they're going to be available on the current platforms. They're probably going to be available on the next platforms because now all of a sudden everybody loves backwards compatibility. So I don't think I'm really missing out on anything. I only played Borderlands 3 this year. And mm. like there's a couple of other ones as well, which I'm happy to, you know, wait a couple of years and I'll get to it. But a lot of these mm. smaller ones, as I said, they slip through the cracks. And so if I don't play them now, when am I going to? So when we get through the, uh, Ricky, when we get to the game of year conversation, um, Toy Story 2 is probably going to be. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, what yeah. games have come out? Oh, something. no, it's Pokemon, obviously, this year. Oh, yeah. It's Elden Ring. We'll see. Okay. We'll We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. We'll wait for. Uh, I've got. We got some news on a on a game that's uh, uh, getting some gameplay uh, released tomorrow. We'll talk about that later. But who mm. knows? Anyway, so now that we've finished all of those nice little subtleties, we are going to move to the first topic in the shoe report. Now, this one here is an interesting one. It's been all through social media over the last, especially the last week, but it's kind yep. of been building up a little bit, and that's. Mm -hmm the question of our game is entitled. And so there is a little bit of background in regards to this. Uh, we've not only seen it with God of War Ragnarok, but we've seen it with other titles as well. So Josh, you've got a little bit more information on that. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one was, yeah, like you said, around God of War Ragnarok. And that was when one of the developers tweeted out saying that she was sent basically uh, explicit photos of uh, someone's genitalia. You can call it a dick I'll... pic, bro. I worked my <laughs> way around it pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, not to make light of the situation. So she received, um, obviously, those photos and was basically asked what the release date was for God of War Ragnarok. And we know that uh, that part of the conversation around when God of War is releasing has been in the news very often for what feels like the last six months um, with every you know person coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, it's being announced today or you know the collector's edition's been leaked. But she had been um, sent that photo and that spurred on Corey Barlog, who's one of the directors at Santa Monica studios. He was the guy who directed the first God of War. So the 2018, uh, spiritual successor God of War to come out and basically, I guess, address the situation. And I guess, uh, to read his quote, it is quote, the answer is not to find someone to blame, but to f or focus the hate on maybe just pay it forward and treat the people that make things we love with some human decency and respect. So this obviously spurred on a conversation online. He had many um, video game alumni kind of coming to his support and, and, and expressing that message, including Phil Spencer from Xbox. And then the other piece of the puzzle was, uh, I believe on that same day, Ron Gilbert, who's the, the famous creator behind Monkey Island, um, was harassed 
for the announcement of uh, Return of Monkey Island. I believe the harassment came was with uh, respect to the art style yeah, of the game. Yeah, the art style is completely different. Completely mm. different. Um, and he has publicly come out and saying he will not no longer be kind of promoting or, or personally talking about the game on social media. He's basically backed off social media. And this is that in conjunction with what happened with God of War Ragnarok, in conjunction with what's been happening with a lot of games and a lot of studios and a lot of publishers uh, receiving harassment from um, so-called fans online, uh, has spurred on this conversation. So, yeah, the, the question then becomes, right, of, of, of gamers become too entitled. You know, imagine the audacity to send a, a dick pic and then ask a question that you want an answer to. Like what, if you forget to, you know, add extra onions onto your pizza, you're not going to send a dick pic to Domino's and say, by the way, can you add that on? What do you think yeah. they're going to do? Yeah. It takes a real deranged human being. Like, there's always right ways to go about things. Like, I get it. Fans are excited. People are frustrated that the, you know, that the announcement hasn't happened. It was, you know, rumored to be happening and then it didn't. And then it was rumored again to be happening and it didn't. So people are getting frustrated, but there's definitely a line that as a decent human being, you just don't cross. And many of people are doing that seemingly. So I guess that opens up to the first question that we wanted to ask, which basically our game is entitled. Ricky, I want you to start off. Um, <clears throat> it is hard not to sort of look at these scenarios and say that there is like a level of entitlement. Um, I think that, first of all, I, I think it's good for us to acknowledge that I don't think we are completely innocent. Like we have been uh, not engaging to that level, but just like on the podcast in the like past few months, especially with like all the news coming out constantly, we have definitely raised the question of, you know, where's God of War? Are we going to get a release date soon? You know, but I don't think we go out of our way to... There's a difference between doing that on a platform like this where we discuss the news around the, around the, like the video game landscape, but then going directly after a developer or a publisher and being like, hey, where the fuck is this game, you know? I think there is definitely a, a difference there. So I'm not saying that, you know, we're completely innocent in this, but like there's a massive difference between what we do and what someone else, so other people have been doing. So... You know, it's it's definitely a part of the, and especially a part of the news cycle where, you know, obviously the news cycle has changed so much in the last 20 years and everyone wants stuff immediately right now, need it, need it, need it, need it. Um, that, that sort of entitlement of like, you know, hey, where's the date? I need more information about this. I can't go a day without any more information has definitely trickled into the like larger landscape of everybody and like stuff like Twitter and stuff does not help. Like I literally, God of War trends every other day. I'll go on Twitter and I'll just see God of War trending and I'm just like, oh God, what is it now? And I'll look and it's just like a bunch of people saying that there's not a release date. And I'm like, no, there won't be a release date until there's a release date. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Same with like the Switch 2. Switch 2 trended again today and it was because Nintendo, um, like, uh, they privated a bunch of videos that they had on their website, on the, sorry, on their YouTube channel about like the Switch OLED and the Switch Mini or the Switch Lite. Yep. And people somehow took that to be, oh, they're announcing a new Switch. And the rest of the internet being like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you crazy motherfuckers. So, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely a, a, a symptom of the 24-hour news cycle. And, yeah, I think that, yeah, it's, there's some, there is some bad eggs out there, obviously. There's bad eggs in every fandom. Every, everything that has an interest and a crowd around it, there's going to be dickheads, a part of that crowd. Um, 
but I do think that it's not entirely the consumer's fault. I think it is definitely just a, a larger symptom of a news cycle that gets shorter and shorter every year and people's attention spans get shorter and shorter every year and we are becoming impatient as a society at, at, as a whole, but it's not just the fault of the public. It's, there's a, a lot of different factors going into that, but a symptom of that is people act like dickheads on the, in, on the internet. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a very hard thing to, to point a finger and go, this is 100% to blame for this attitude that people have. There's multiple different things that go into it. Um, but I think you have to stop short at going after people directly. That is where you have crossed a line. Okay. And that's where it gets to the point of like, going from being like, hey, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to know when, the, when God of War is coming out, that'd be cool, to sending dick pics to publishers. That is, there's a definite line somewhere there that you've crossed. And I think that, you know, people just, goddamn, be self-aware. Go outside, touch some grass, for Christ's sake. Just don't be an idiot. It's really that simple. Well, we've been, uh, we've been having the comment at the end of uh, a lot of our podcasts about how PlayStation and Sony need to uh, you know, bring native PS3 titles uh, to yeah. PS4, PS5, yeah. and uh, it seems to be working. That, that's one way where it works because they're now hiring to get somebody to get it done. Josh, do you think there's some good in it or do you reckon no? It's just plain old entitlement. No, look, there's always, it gets split off into like multiple different things, right? There's the, the vocal, you know, voice your opinion to, to push change, right? And that goes back to protests or physical protests. And this is just the, the virtual version of that. And that, that can be done to um, push businesses and corporations to do good, whether that is um, bring backwards compatibility natively to ps5 <laughs> or hey we're not happy with the way sonic looks right there are, there are ways to do that that's I one think thing. halo getting pushed for a year was a good example of that yeah yeah and that's that's one thing but these targeted attacks where you know estelle from santa monica she's the cinematics producer that's a very specific person you're targeting right she's not you know well i, I personally this is just my opinion not well known you know when you think of like Santa Monica, people just natively go to Corey Barlog as, like, the main guy, right? Like, this is very targeted. This person was, you know, researched Santa Monica and what, you know, what person's working on the role and, and on the game and then and made that decision, right? Was that because he, this person was a male and she was... This person's a female that was being sent to and there's that aspect of it, right? And targeting her because of that. Um, I definitely do think that's part of it, but I think there is definitely a line that gets drawn when... You do things like that. And again, there is right ways to, to voice your frustration and Twitter can be a way of doing that. But going out of your way of and, and sending these things and harassing developers is never good for nobody. It's not good for the developers. It's not good for the publisher. It's not good for fans either because it just makes, I think, gamers trademark look, look bad. And we do need to be more patient. So, I think there yeah. is... Uh, a case to me, Bane, not in this particular situation, but when you are a developer that actively goes on Twitter and publicizes that, hey, I'm working on God of War, I'm one of the developers, you are putting yourself out into the public space. So you need to be, you know, doing that, knowing what the consequences of being on Twitter voicing, you know, that you're working on 
a big game like God of War. Not saying that what she received was <laughs> acceptable or, or whatever. That is completely wrong. But putting yourself out publicly will obviously entice the wrong type of person to come at you. Um, and Twitter can do good, but it can, in most cases, be toxic. <laughs> and this is just another example of that. So it yeah. kind of sounds like you're almost saying that if we, you know, using social media as an example, if you're screaming out your opinion into the void, then that's that's kind of okay. It's your, it's your area to, to do that. Whereas once it starts getting personal in a sense of, even if it's personalized or direct to somebody who has an influence or has some connection to say let, let's talk about games like the project or or the or the development of a game that's when it's crossing a line do you think that's where it is josh yeah and not to make light of the situation but i want ps3 games running on a ps5 i'm not sending a dick pic to jim ryan or shuhei yoshida right like there is right ways of doing that and that is i joke about it on the podcast i tweet you know, long live the Vita. I, I do these like joking things and people have a voice and people are making YouTube videos and communicating that, hey, we want these things on the platform that we love. But yeah, as soon as it becomes direct, as soon as it becomes like you're contacting them privately, you're doing it on a public feed, you're harassing them on, you know, some sort of forum online, it just becomes toxic and it never results in anything positive. And I... You know, I appreciate the, the creators out there that voice when this happens, right? Not only developers, but you think of, like, YouTubers. Like, uh, the one that jumps to mind is Alana Pierce, who's working now at Santa Monica. She was previously at IGN. She's Australian. Um, but she is uh, a large voice in the community, a large female voice in the community. And she has attracted a lot of mm, toxic behavior, Purely based on, personally, I think is because of her gender and the way she looks, right? And that does happen on a very smaller scale, even with, you know, me. Not that I've ever been harassed, but in, in that type of thing. But in the sense where people looked at me and people looked at me when I was working in retail and wouldn't... How do I put this? I was... I, I often got challenged on my knowledge of video games, working in a retail store, because at that age, everyone wanted to work at this store, right? And everyone wanted to work in video games. It was like your dream part-time job, and it was mine too. I often got targeted as if, like, this guy shouldn't be working here. Purely on the way that I presented myself and the way I, you know, I was very outgoing. I was very, you know, vocal. I wasn't, you know, the typical what you would think of a video game person, right? And I think that has changed over the last five, ten years, but at that time, I was feeling it. And it's just, it's, you know, whatever. I, I pushed through and at the end of the day, it didn't bother me what people thought, but I think it's just another way of saying, like, it, it does happen, even in on a very small scale with what happened with me, but to a larger extent when this person's now, you know, receiving dick pics. Now, I think there might be a positive angle that you can voice your opinions to developers and ask these questions, but you've got to do it in the right manner. And I think the most recent one I can think of is the gentleman who bought, I think it was $40,000 worth of Nintendo shares to have a certain percentage. So that way he could ask a question at one of the finance calls. 
That's one way to do it. That's one way. And if you, he, he I mean, that's, that's, bought, that's just buying. That's just buying your way into the into the corporate. Well, that's at that that's point. true. But the thing, like, <laughs> think about it. He he spent forty thousand dollars to buy shares to have a say in one of these conference calls, and his question was, "Are we going to see F zero soon?" Yeah. And the answer and was, was like, uh, "It's not really guy? the angle we're going for." Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. basically a no, but like. That's yeah. I think that's okay. Like, sure, you might say, "Oh, but he's he's got to spend yeah. money, he's got to like, and all that sort of stuff." But I still think that's a positive interaction because yeah. this guy's gone above and beyond. He's gone outside of his means in order to pose this question, and he's not on the phone call saying, "You know, by the way, me and my twelve-inch dick want to ask a quick question. Is that okay?" Like, he's not doing that, and I think that Rick. Yeah, sorry, Rick. Yeah, Josh. No, I was going to say, Ricky, you, you looked shocked when I was going explaining my um, my retail experience. <laughs> that was oh, uh, no, like yeah. I mean, let's be real. You look like you would only play FIFA. Um, that was that was the <laughs> that consensus. Was, that was, yeah. that, I, I reckon that would have been the consensus. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd I'd uh, actually no no people when I worked at EB Games, people were pretty pretty quick to like look at me and go, he probably knows what he's fucking talking about. The mm. Seth Rogen looking guy with the glasses and the curly hair. Yeah, he's mm. he's probably on the money. Um, that it was always privilege. funny. Like, it was, yeah, exactly. Like, but my boss at the time was like, was female. But then again, like the difference there was like, we lived in a small town. Everyone fucking knew everybody. So everyone like knew that was the only EB games for like a fucking 50 mile radius. So like everyone rolled in there and just like, they'd take all the advice they could get. Um, the best one was though, like whenever I would get asked stuff about like Final Fantasy games and like JRPGs <laughs> that I had no idea about. I would just literally bullshit my way through a five minute conversation and usually I would still end up with the sale. So mm. I think that's um yeah, that's a win. Just that just goes to my salesmanship. Uh, not necessarily any of my uh, knowledge about anything. But yeah. um Jeez, but yeah no, to... there's there's definitely like scenarios like that where you've you know you've a little bit out of your depth in a retail scenario. Someone walks in, takes like gives you the old up and down, and just like nah, I don't think you're the right, you're the guy, buddy. Jeez, get, hitting the KPIs—that's all you cared about, mate. I I, I smashed the KPIs at uh, at EV Games. I didn't have much competition because it was like us, Shepard and Bendigo were all in the same like group, and mm. uh, those those guys sucked. I was the fucking I was and, the king of king of pre-orders, baby. And king. I know this. We this is kind of a pivot to the conversation we're having, but I think it's important as part of it, right? Like people do get targeted for the way they look and the way that they present themselves. And, you know, if you're watching this or listening to this and you've got a goal or a dream, like, don't let that, that, you know, influence you. Like people often, you know, I listen to other podcasts and YouTubers and they, you know, people always write in and it's like, how do I do what you do? Or how do I get into podcasting? How do I, you just got to kind of do it. And then, you know, we're very, 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 very small scale, but it's a passion of ours and we wanted to do it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pivot back to the topic at hand yeah. um, because I do have a quick question for you um, in regards to uh, basic, basically gamer entitlement and all that sort of stuff. So we've already touched on God of War. We've touched on uh, Return of Monkey Island and this interaction that effectively consumers or gamers have with developers. And so I want to ask a quick question in regards to that. Do you think that the fact that this these sorts of interactions are starting to ramp up because I, I believe that they are 10 years ago it wasn't necessarily the same uh community online for example now it, i think it is a little bit more toxic because we see it more we're exposed to it more so do you think that you know asking these sorts of questions perhaps in the wrong way which we all agree on uh do you think that's because 
you know, these gamers want to play this game. So, for example, God of War Ragnarok's coming. Do you think people are sending these dick pics and asking the question, when's the release date, because they want to play the game? Or do you think, you know, it's just, it's an opportunity where they haven't really been able to have this sort of interaction before. So instead of being nice about it, they've just gone almost balls deep and just kind of, you know, spilt the milk. I was, I was going to say pun intended there, Sean. Maybe baby. Maybe, maybe. So, Josh, what do you think? I think a lot of it has to do with, obviously, the, the boom of social media, right? And there was no real way of... It's not like you were going to write a hand letter to a publisher or, you know what I mean, like send a letter to Santa Monica. And I'm sure that did happen back in the day, right? Mm, but probably still does. I think it's just we've never... I think, I think Rockstar got a lot of letters back in the day from yeah. a lot of angry mums. But this, this, you know, the social aspect of Twitter, no, people haven't had that connection directly to the people making the game right before. And you're just going to attract bad eggs. That's just like you, like Ricky said earlier, every fandom, every sport, every sport fandom, like everything has that group of bad eggs. And, you know, it only takes a few to do things like this to really raise um, awareness of, of the toxic uh, toxicity. Um, you know, I think you'd, you know, you'd find a vast, vast majority of people aren't those people. Vast, vast majority of people are kind and respectful and, you know, can communicate with people in a, a civil way. But it's those who don't that unfortunately draw attention um, for obviously the right reasons. They're being brought out into the light, so to speak. But, you know, you don't, you know, you don't generally hear about the good people. You're always going to hear about those who are doing wrong. Um, and I've learned with Twitter and things like that, just to not engage. Don't put yourself out there. Don't needing, you don't need to have an opinion on everything <laughs> and have your opinion. Or if you disagree with someone's opinion, you don't have to let them know that you disagree. Um, you know, it's just, it's this system where people are behind a computer screen and they've got that, you know, I can just, hey man, fuck you. And I don't know who this person is and mean. they don't know who I am. And yeah, um, that has, I think that has an absolute huge role to play in it because a lot of the times, you know, a lot of YouTubers talk about it who receive a lot of negativity. If they were to walk past that person in the street, that same person that sent them the heinous things and said the heinous things would not even would probably be nice to the people like would not even, you know, do anything in person. But the fact that they're behind a computer screen on the opposite ends of the world or even in the same country, but this other person doesn't know who this person is, can't really do anything about it. It just opens the floodgates um, for it. Yeah. Now, Ricky, uh huh. I got a quick question for you and I guess Hit this me. will kind of, this will help to summarize this sort of topic is if you, wanted like if you if you really wanted to express your desire for for example a release date for god of war ragnarok what do you uh -huh. think the best way is to go about that so would it just okay. be uh, talking about it or go on okay i think that yeah yeah i don't know it, it's it's tough now because like the 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 town square of the world is now twitter and facebook and, and all that sort of stuff or youtube mm. or whatever it's social media that's that's where you get your voice heard so 
it's it's silly to sort of go outside of that realm and expect like if you're doing it on your personal blog that has two followers and then one of them is your mum, um, you not you don't feel like your voice is getting out there. So the only way to sort of do that is to go on places like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, where you can at people and be like, hey. Now I've been known to be quite a toxic piece of shit on Twitter yes, from time are. to time, but I will maintain that. I never at anybody personally when it comes to stuff like this. Like I'll happily, like I went through a phase there where I was like just tweeting at Ted Cruz, you're a cunt for like two weeks straight because I would definitely say that to his face if I saw him in, in person, right? But if I was going to tweet to a, so for example, this week, right? Just finished watching Stranger Things, thought it was incredible. And then I was like, hey, it would be fucking awesome if we could see the, the finale, which is like two and a half hours in cinemas. So I tweeted, hey, Netflix, put the, the season finale in, in cinemas because I reckon that'd be fucking amazing. But I didn't go out of my way to find like the, the Duffer poor, Brothers. <laughs> yeah, the Duffer Brothers or the poor fucking like social media like uh, person for them or like the grip or mm. the dolly guy the from writers. the production company, one of the writers and be like, hey, person who has absolutely no control over this, put this fucking thing in cinemas. No, you, I just tweeted at Netflix. Don't so like there's a difference a between like, I didn't include a dick, Sean. Um, but like, if you, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, going back to that just for a sec, I would love, like the only thing that makes that like funny in my mind is that A, they put it behind a paywall like OnlyFans where it was like, hey, to unlock this dick pic, you need to give me the date for um, God of War or he wrote the question on his dick. The only two ways that's funny. Um, God of War Ragnarok is a long word. I know. <laughs> yeah, better be hung, son. I don't think he is. If you're sending dick pics to people, you're not. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, like I'm not going out of my way to, to message someone that isn't responsible for that sort of stuff like someone who is a programmer on a video game doesn't have any fucking say when the game's coming out or when a release date's going to come out mm. i'm all for like so if you were going to say like hey uh fucking santa monica studio like at santa monica studios when's the game coming out because mm. that is for the most part a you're probably screaming into the void because they would get like a million ads a day probably um and then some poor social media bloody intern just gotta like f scroll through that shit all day just being like uh, which ones of these are funny so that i can retweet them everyone thinks um, it's an intern but usually it's a high paying I mean, job it's, it's probably it's probably yeah like these days it is Digits, a high -paying, yeah yeah it is, it is playing a, a high paying job to like scroll through twitter all day um but like th that's at least an effective way because you know someone at the company that's responsible for the game like even tweeting just directly to sony or playstation america Thanks. Is more effective. Slot Cooper, people, save him. No one's saving him. <laughs> Hashtag sla saves. Slot He's Cooper. a pop. That's in, the last um, thing you'll get. Yeah. Um, Confirm that they're not making another one. Oh, good. Just, um, did you? Were you the one? That, hey, were you the one that bought the forty thousand dollars worth of shares to go into the <laughs> meeting? And be like, no, hey, no, no. bring me Slot Cooper. He just said oh, we're going to definitely get it this year. Yeah, I literally on the episode prior, I'm like, I've got, I can feel it in my guts. It's happening. Yeah, uh -huh, and literally uh -huh. the next week, Santa, Mo uh, Santa Monica, Sucker Punch came out. We're like, oh, we're not working on another Infamous or, or Slow Cooper. In fact, no one is. I was like, yeah. mm, cool. Rough, rough for you. Rough. Oh, yeah. Rough. I think if, if you're going to use this town square, use it effectively and just at the accounts that actually make a difference or actually have like, could potentially give you, even though like there's no fucking way like there would be a a big enough of a Twitter movement to get a massive multi-billion dollar corporation like Sony to be like, oh, people are mad on Twitter. Let's put the date out now. Fuck no. That's never happened ever. I think it has. It right? happened for like a film or, or a TV show. Like, 
stuff no, besides like, that stuff i think they moved changed. the release date forward like a week i think it was like um uh, avengers infinity war or or something or endgame and they pushed it forward like four days because Dang. of social media oh i don't know about that it might have been moved because another movie got moved around yeah, there. Yeah, they, had, they, had like a, they had like a free day. Like, what, we need to change all our yeah. advertising, all our yeah, no, no, that, that doesn't happen because of, just because of Twitter. Like there's, the stuff has changed because of Twitter. Obviously, Sonic is a really good example. Halo is another example. Like it got pushed, got pushed for a year. Um, but I, I think like when it comes to just the, a release date, mm. something that obviously the reason that we haven't got it right now is because speculation wise i'm assuming that they're not sure right now if it's going to be ready to drop this year and i think in the long run all these fans that are getting shitty and pissy on twitter would be more pissed if sony was to during the summer games fest weekend be like hey it's coming out in november and september rolls around like ah fuck we've got to push it to march of next year people would be way more pissed in that scenario so i think that them holding off and just being 100 fucking percent sure that it's going to come out this year is in the long run a much better scenario than announcing it like what happened with Starfield? Look yeah. at look at that, absolutely terrible. And they lost their beautiful eleven eleven twenty two. Um, so it's I just I don't be taking it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably God of War probably might take it, but I just I don't think a bunch of dickheads on Twitter are going to change this. Uh, I think like I think the best scenario is the bloke from Monkey Island just being like, all right, fuck it, no more updates. Nothing. Mm. I'm just going to ignore this platform. The game will come out when it's cut, when it's ready to come out. Mm. And that is honestly like obviously a smaller studio, a different scenario to Santa Monica and, and the big Sony machine. But uh, that is probably the best way to go about things. Honestly, is like and I think Josh said it earlier. Just just ignore it or just don't engage. Uh, I think especially if you're a smaller developer and you're having this sort of stuff, don't engage. Just just block them. Turn your mentions off. Whatever you got to do, just ignore it. You know, I'm always of the firm belief that if you get sent a dick pic, an unsolicited dick pic, turn it into an NFT. Mm. Ooh. Or that, what you do is, uh, as actually, uh, Josh brought up um, Alana Pierce earlier. Her method is she saves all the dick pics, and then someone, when someone sends her a dick pic, she sends another dick pic back. Yeah, you just got yeah. to think, yeah, think outside <laughs> the box. Yeah, anyway, with that, we will move on from the entitled gamers who will wait for God of War Ragnarok to come out when it feels like it. And we are mm -hmm. going to move on to something which may not come out. Who knows? Let's have that discussion. And that is handheld consoles. So at the market, at the moment, the market is the Nintendo Switch, which is still the highest selling console of this year, which, yeah, we can have arguments about, you know, how many units are available, etc. But it's still doing tremendously well for a console that doesn't have a lot of big first party titles especially over the last, say, 12 months. It's had a few, but okay. not as many as it had in its first couple of years. <laughs> I, I was about to say. Yeah, calm down. We, we talked about this. Uh, I know. It's like an old couple. Yeah. <laughs> no. Now, uh, includes into that the Steam Deck that is starting to make waves in regards to bringing PC ga gaming to a mobile or handheld um, audience. So that kind of begs the question, about what is the future for handheld gaming? Do we see a future in it? Do we think that eventually it will die off to be consoles? Do we still think there's a market? And should anybody else enter, you know, and challenge Nintendo, say? So to start off with, uh, Josh, I'm going to go to you, obviously a Nintendo Switch expert, and I want to ask the question, which Nintendo made a massive comeback after the Wii U where it felt like, see, there you go, he's got his Switch. 
biggest fan. So Number one fan. Nintendo did well with the Wii. And with the Wii U, it was kind of a cross between, I guess, in hindsight, there we go, Ricky's got his Wii U. It was kind of a cross between mm. the Wii and the Switch, where mm. they wanted that handheld gaming for console, but the technology wasn't there. They tried. Look, they tried. So do you think, you know, it, well, I, I'm not necessarily do you think, but the Switch has made a remarkable comeback for Nintendo, at least in the console mm -hmm. space, and not only that, in the handheld space, hasn't it? Yeah, look, Nintendo have always had success with handhelds, like the, the you know, Game Boy, the DS. The DS is one of the highest selling gaming machines, irrelevant if it was a handheld or a console. Um, but it's the consoles where they've always seen diminishing returns, right? Like, they've always been on a decline ever since the Super Nintendo, right? Dropping down to NES, dropping down to um, 64, then to GameCube. Like, GameCube, for instance, is like 20-odd million units, where the SNES was like 60-odd. So they started dropping uh, down significantly. Uh, the Wii has and, entered the cap. And then the Wii was obviously <laughs> the outlier in that and sold over 100 million units. And that was because it was very similar to what the, the Switch has done. It's captured a certain part of the market that no one else was really looking at. You know, you think at the time of 2005, 2006, there was no such real thing as motion gaming. There was nothing. And the Wii attracted people who wouldn't traditionally play games. Everyone jokes about, you know, my grandmother had a Wii. That was because the Wii was everywhere. And the Wii Sports, obviously it was a pack-in tie-in, was everywhere. And everyone and anyone played the Wii. It was on, you know, you talk about morning shows and, and, you know, even here in Australia, like you'd have morning show hosts playing bowling, for instance. Like it was literally everywhere. And the Switch has done the same thing just in a modern modern world where... The idea of having console quality games that you could take on the go was a pipe dream. And Sony tried it with the Vita. And that was the whole mantra where it's like, you know, Uncharted Golden Abyss was a console type game on, on the go. But where they always struggled was the idea of, well, now we need to make games for PS3, PS4 and Vita. We need different SKUs of games. That was the, the thing back in the day when handhelds would have like... Call of Duty Black Ops and then Call of Duty Black Ops Vita Edition or, you know, like where it's like the downgrade version, sometimes made by completely separate teams, sometimes even completely different games where the Switch had the the um, gimmick of, hey, we've only got one piece of hardware so Nintendo can focus all their attention on the one hardware and so could third parties, but let's be real, it's mostly Nintendo products that people are there for and indies. And that one skew could be used as a console game or a handheld. And that was extremely appealing and is extremely appealing. And then you look at different markets such as Japan, which are very mobile game friendly, having a console handheld hybrid that is cost efficient is just, you know, ticking all those boxes for those markets. So, um, yeah, I think that that's probably my view on how Nintendo have seen such success with the Switch. Now, Ricky, following on from that, like, what makes the Switch special? I think, yeah, I think Josh is right. I think it hit the market at exactly the right time for, for something like that. Um, obviously, coming off the back of the, the Wii U, which is, to me, I think one of the most underrated consoles of all time. Um, Do you know how many consoles they sold? Fuck all. Um, this is, this million? is, this is... 
This is our. No, it was about like fourteen mil. It was less yeah. than the Vita, but not much more than twelve. Uh, so I'm thinking this is this is this is one percent of their market share right here. GameCube um, is twenty. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Yeah. yeah, that was twenty to twenty-five. Yeah. So um, Wii U. Let's have a look. I think it was twelve mil. Let's have a look. Yeah. I think a lot of people like they're, they're marketing like this is the thing Nintendo make great games they do terrible marketing and honestly very like bad console launches they're not good with their console launches yeah terrible marketing terrible but their games always speak for themselves so I think like despite itself the, the Switch was always going to be successful but I don't think even they had an idea of how successful no. it was going to be and that sort of played out in the first couple of years when it was still really really hard to get your hands on one um but I think, yeah, it's that combination of being able to just pick it up. And like, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, Sean, but I definitely remember this. When it first came out, you sent me the trailer for like the, the Switch. And I was like, this is going to be dead in the water in a year. Yep. Yeah. And that yeah. was because of the, I will agree, the idea was always cool. But yeah. the marketing that Nintendo did at the time was just like... Exactly. It was shit ass. And I just saw them going back to cartridges. I'm just like, what are we doing? Yeah, I remember spent that. so many, so long on... Like, they finally switched to discs after being dragged Micro and pulled into the yeah. goddamn 21st century. Um, and they're like, no, fucking back to cartridges. And like, the, you know, the fact that they had like only 32 gigs of internal memory or internal hard drive space when it first launched. And everyone was like... Well, LA Noir is actually bigger than that. You're going to need an SD card straight away. And it's like, well, yeah. Like, I, the minute I bought my Switch, I went and got 128 gig SD card straight away. And I've never come close to filling it up. So everyone can shut the fuck up about that. I will say but, that when the Switch was going to launch right before it, I said it was going to be a hit. You did, yeah. And I was, I was on the opposite side. I was like, it's going to crash and burn. Um, but I think after getting one, and I didn't really get one until... What game came out that made me get it? I Breath think it was Pokemon. So uh, no, it was, it was Sword oh, and Shield. It was yeah, the first, the first, po the first not, mainline Pokemon game. Not to interrupt here. I'll be back in a moment. My dog is like launching okay, the door. Go. All right. That's all right. Go, go, go. on the carpet. How can we talk yeah. Switch with the big Switch player? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you guys will figure it out. If you start talking about the Vita, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the Vita when you get back. Yeah. No, we'll get to the Vita now go while get, he's not here. Go get your, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go get your dog. Um... But yeah, like once I actually got one, I was like, oh, okay, now this is actually like, I can just pick it up and just sit on the couch and play a quote unquote triple A game, um, just handheld. And that, that like, that gimmick is, is the big selling point is that I can just take what was on my TV and pull it down to this level and walk around the house or be on the bar, or be on the toilet and still be playing Mario or Pokemon or something. Like there is definitely something to that. And I think there's so many things they got right the size is nearly perfect, I reckon, for like something that like has enough hardware to run games at, you know, decent refresh rates and frame rates and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it doesn't feel like a massive downgrade after taking it out of the dock. Yep. So I think that's like one thing they got good. The Joy Cons are meh. Um, does get very uncomfortable playing for long periods of time. But again, like when I didn't have a car in Melbourne and I had to take the three and a half hour tram or sorry train ride back home to see my parents. I always just take my DS and I just sit there playing Pokemon, Mario Kart, whatever I had. Um, and then when I got the Switch, I absolutely loved, loved, loved taking the Switch on the train because that three hours just flew by because I just had my head buried the entire time just playing the Switch. So I think it's a multitude of, of different reasons. Um, I think it just it hit the market at the right time. Everyone was kind of like anticipating what's going to come after the DS. We've had so many iterations of the DS. And for them to come out and be like, all right, and this was the rumor for the longest time. It's like, we're going to combine our home console with our handheld console and it's going to work. And everyone was like, sure, go for it. But 
it worked. And I think it also helps that, you know, the library of especially first party games. And then it's sort of second life after a couple of years of becoming this indie, um, you know, another indie marketplace outside of just Steam uh, has sort of managed to, you know, give it a an audience that it otherwise wouldn't have uh, jumped on. So multitude of different factors, but it's Nintendo. They're, they're gonna, Nintendo's got a Nintendo. They're, they're going to get one right every third or fourth generation. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing for me was what made the Switch special was the fact that you could be playing a game, like, for example, on your lunch break at work or on the train ride or something like that, and you go home, you put it in the dock, it's up on the TV, and you're able to continue. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, sit there awkwardly like a Game Boy when you're, you're sitting, you know, in your bed under the covers or you're holding it on top of you or something like that. You didn't have to worry about that. All of a sudden, you could play it on the TV. You could sit back in your Lazy Boy and relax. And then if you need to go somewhere else, like public transport or whatever, you can just take it with you and continue yeah. playing. There was no off and on. It was seamless. And that was the big thing. Not only that, two player anywhere you go. With the two mm, nunch- yeah. uh, with the two Joy Cons coming out, the fact that you can have two player Mario Kart wherever you are is a huge selling factor because you can't get that on any other console. So, I, I think that those are the two key things that made the Switch so successful, and that's why it still is successful. Now, mm. we've already spoken about the Switch, so we're going to talk about the other handheld that's on the market at the moment, and that's the Steam Deck. So I don't think we've got the Steam Deck here in Australia as of yet. It's still on the way, perhaps next year, but that's what we said last year. So we'll see what happens. You know what? I'm yeah, not, yeah. not going to go send my dick to fucking yeah, Valve <laughs> and I say, hey, Gabe, what's the release date for the Steam, Steam deck, deck in Australia? I'm not going to do Steam that. Deck. No. Here's my dick, Gabe. Give me the Steam Deck. I'm not going to... Well, actually, isn't uh, Gabe living in uh, New Zealand now? He was there for a. Um, he was there for COVID, but I'm pretty sure he's now. Yeah. I'm pretty oh, really? sure he's a permanent citizen now. Uh, I think resident. he got his citizenship while he was stuck there, and yeah. he's just like, I like this place. I'm going to stay. Yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah, he he was like, yeah, no, actually, New Zealand's cool. I'm going to stay here. America's fucked. Yeah. And it's like, cool. I mean, when, look, when you're when you're a billionaire, you can just do stuff. I mean, it must yeah, be nice. you can get away with anything. Yeah. But yes, anyway, like yes. he he is basically the one face of Valve, which is why there's a lot of talk towards him, I guess. But it, yeah. What I'm getting to, I guess, is with the Steam Deck and how that's kind of entered the market, it's come up against the Switch. I don't necessarily see it as a true competitor. I do see it as supplementary. But then again, I see the Switch as a supplementary console to all the other home consoles as well as PC anyway. So I want to ask for you guys, because we haven't played a Steam Deck yet, so I'm not too sure on how it plays. I know that the... The actual deck itself is probably close to a Steam Pro controller uh, with the touch pads uh, instead of like analog sticks, although it does have both. So mm-hmm. what are our initial impressions and is it something that we consider purchasing when it does come? I know we've spoken about this months ago on, uh, uh, might I quote, one of our most viewed uh, videos on the channel. But uh, are you guys still keen on the Steam Deck or do you think maybe it's lost its luster? Josh? Uh, no, I think, um, the Steam Deck is a great proof of concept. I think the, the idea of it is, like, awesome, right? Take advantage of the, 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 these PC dorks that have these, like, huge Steam libraries of games that they can, you know, go to and just instant, you know, instant catalogue of games, right? Nice. These people buy, yeah, these, these, these nerds, they're doing their taxes on their PC, they're waiting for their drivers to update, they've got the handheld there ready to roll, right? 
Um, no, but in all seriousness, like I think the idea of it is fantastic. Taking your games library on the go, it is taking that Switch inspiration, but looking at it at a more PC perspective where it's like, hey, this is high quality, you know, your, your frame rates are all running high, it's, it's customizable, kind of like a PC, it's got the tracking pad, it's got all these, you know, bells and whistles. Um, I think the Steam Deck will always be a niche hardware, you know, piece because it is quite expensive even in the US. It's not um, easy to come by and they're not widely available. They kind of, it seems like a boutique, you know, test bed. We remember Valve and Steam were developing the um, their their version of the home console, and that was going to be their their push. And if you remember at the time, they were going to third parties to create that. They weren't doing that in house. So it is, I guess, exciting to see Valve take this in house and build their own handheld. And all impressions from you know notable people online is it's incredible. Um, being able to play Elden Ring as a handheld is enticing to a lot of people. And that then draws attention to the other big players, Sony and Microsoft, and what are they doing in that space? But focusing on the Steam Deck, I think it's a it's a great idea, a great te- test bed. Um, you know, the machine is notoriously big. Like, it is big. It's got a lot of power. And it's a big boy, right? It's not going to fit in your back pocket. It's not like a Game Boy or... or e- even when they said the Switch fit in your pocket, I'm like, all right, what are you wearing to get this thing in your pocket, right? Cargo um, pants. Yeah, cargo pants, like you're living <laughs> in the 90s. But yeah, I think the idea of it's fantastic. And the more I see the success of it, the more I want Sony to come back and make a spiritual successor to the Vita. Like, it's time. It's time. All right. Well, that uh, that brings me to my next point, which I do want to mention. Well, I, I want to ask you first, Ricky. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Switch. We yes. have a Steam Deck, at least in Australia, on the way. Allegedly. Do, allegedly. Allegedly. Do allegedly. you think that Xbox and PlayStation, probably PlayStation more so, because yeah. Xbox has already shown their hand where they're on Samsung TVs, they're on phones, <laughs> they're already on everything. So they don't they yeah. they don't need uh, an Nvidia Shield or anything like that, I don't think. Uh, do you no. think PlayStation allegedly. should re-enter the ring and do a handheld console? Um, love the silence every time. It's it's a, it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky question with with um oh, there, there it is look at it. it's beautiful beautiful. It's a tricky question with Sony, uh, because right now I think a lot of people are just like, hey, can we at least get PS fives in stores on a regular basis? That'd be good before you start working on anything else and putting any other resources into any other sort of hardware. Get ps5s in on shelves you know permanently no more of this you know six every two months or whatever it is um but i would like to see them either at some point either try to re-enter that portable market or just come to the table with an x cloud style successor cloud gaming is the future whether we we want it or not we're going to be kicking and screaming dragged into cloud gaming, streaming gaming, all that sort of stuff, mm. whether we like it or not. And really, this has more power than the first PC I ever built. And I didn't build my first PC like that long ago. It was nine years ago that I built my first PC. This has more RAM. This has more graphical power. This has everything. Like this for, those, is... for those listening at home, he's holding up his phone. Mm. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm holding up my... This is my <laughs> Samsung Galaxy S10+. Plus. 
So even this is like three years old now as well. This is the old boy. Mm, mm, but mm. if you don't think it's a, it's a good idea to take advantage of, of these, of, of phones, as something that everyone has in their pocket as a way for you to get your ecosystem out there, then I think you're being silly. And I don't think Sony is that silly. I think they are definitely working on something um, mm. down the line where they will enter like the cloud game. I know they had like, what was the one they did with the PS4 where you could have your PS4 remote was, play? You had your, P- your remote play, but that was on you. You could play it on your Vita. Yeah. Yeah, right. So they've definitely dabbled in that before. So I think it would be silly for them not to have something planned in the future where they would enter the cloud gaming space to say it the same way that Xbox has with um, xCloud. Uh, and that way, like, as we said, you're not getting that downgraded version of an Uncharted or a Last Uncharted. of Us. Uncharted. Um, or like an Assassin's Creed or something, you're getting the full version on your phone mm-hmm. rather than getting some weird like, you know, yeah, like Sean said, or whatever, Call of Duty, but it's not quite the same Call of Duty that the console players have. Declassified. Um, Black Ops yeah, Declassified. That was the Vita game. Yes, yes, that's it. Um, so yeah, I think like that is going to be the future. I don't think like Sony, uh, sorry, uh, Nintendo's going to Nintendo. They're going to just continue doing whatever the hell they want. And whatever the next iteration of the Switch or the next console they bring out is going to look like, we have no idea. I don't think it's going to be called the Switch 2. I think it's going to be something completely fucking different. Um, But I still think it's going to be that hybrid handheld home console. And I think uh, the two big companies, um, Sony and Microsoft, are going to wholly focus on console hardware that is like worthy of being put on 8K, 120 frames, all that crap. And then on the side, work on the infrastructure to have stable, you know, 60 FPS, 4K cloud gaming to the console that belongs in everyone's pocket. Mm. So Josh, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying, yeah, that's that's where it's got to go. All right, Josh, do you think that we're going to see a new Vita? You Man, want one? I really, I really, I really want one. The only reason why I will say no is just based on sony's like push into vr right like i just don't think that they could manage having uh this many uh, kind of peripherals and hardware out in the market so i will uh say no but i would absolutely love the vita the biggest issue uh, (laughs) yeah i do love the vita i would love another handheld the biggest issue with sony's handhelds uh in the past especially the vita um was it's the way it was approached and it was a very ps3 sony where it's like all right you know we want to do this thing okay we want to have a back touchpad okay do we really need a back touchpad okay we're having a back touchpad okay it's touchscreen as well okay that's fair enough we'll, we'll do that uh the memory cards they're proprietary so we we sony are selling them they're going to be 10 times more expensive than a normal you know sd card all right fine like Okay, the games are different. Like, there was so many different things where it's like, what were you thinking? Like, if Sony were, if Sony was to make a successor to the Vita and a, and, and a new handheld, what I would hope it would be is keep it simple, stupid. Have it so it's the power of a PS4, if they can make it, in a handheld. Have it where your games cross over, where if you buy a game that is available on, say, PS4 hardware... It's also available on this on this device, right? It's got the power to run it, so it's cross-buy, so to speak. Have it where, you know, indie games are coming to it. Have it where the new PlayStation Plus subscription service is there on it. And keep 
the price of the hardware as cheap as possible. It's going to have a, a value to it based on the power, but it doesn't need these extra things. It doesn't need the back touchpad. It doesn't need a camera. It doesn't need to have a proprietary SD card. It doesn't need to have a proprietary power cable. Use a USB-C. Like, do all these little things that make it more affordable and more practical. The reason why Sony won't do it is because of PlayStation Network. PSP was notoriously hacked. Vita was notoriously hacked. Unfortunately, these devices are far less, are far more easier to hack than the console. And once you can hack into a Vita or a PSP back in the day, you're gaining access to PSN, the PlayStation Network. And that exposed a lot of Sony's back-end stuff. So the reason... You know, a lot of people will go online and be like, why, why did Sony have a proprietary SD card for the Vita? Do you guys know the reason why that was a thing? It was Money. for security safeguards. It was because of the PlayStation hack in 2011. As soon as that happened, they were like, we, we, you know, people are getting into the back end of this system. People are hacking the PSP. We need to make it harder for that to happen. So we did all these things. We do all these things to make it more difficult. At the end of the day, this thing still got hacked. At the end of the day, the switches got hacked. But it's just about having a device that has a connection to your main hardware. Like, I'm not expecting this new PlayStation handheld to dock and go into the screen. What I'm expecting is the games that I buy, a version of that game is available on this thing. And we're seeing now, I think we've reached a point in, in game development where we're seeing that sliding scale, right? We, we're not seeing the big jump from PS4 to PS5 that we saw with pre previous generations. We're seeing a longer tail of this current gen of the previous generation due to COVID and shortages of, of chips and hardware. We're seeing games coming out still consistently on PS4. If Sony can find a way where they could downgrade PS5 native games to a handheld, that would be ideal. But they're not going to do that because of the uh, VR2. Like, it's just, they can't kind of splinter off into all these different segments. But should Sony do it? 100%. Would streaming become the answer? Possibly. Like, there's been conversations now with Game Pass and with Xbox. Like, if they can make a streaming-only handheld that worked maybe test it in smaller markets, kind of like what Steam Deck's doing, and it works. In the future, why not? Why not have a little device that doesn't need to have any of the, the hardware or the computing power behind it, but you can just stream games directly to it? I would be all over that. So that's that's my you know, two cents. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to agree. I don't think PlayStation should do another handheld, and I think the final nail in the coffin was the Steam Deck. And the fact that we are getting PlayStation exclusives on PC that are starting to come along. I think Sony's already tapped into that market and they're already starting to, to expand. Now, yes, I, I understand streaming's a thing, but I don't think that it would be good for them to focus on a, a streaming uh, handheld as well as the VR2, as well as focusing more and more on the PC market. Like we've they they only just improved their uh, their PlayStation Plus service to match Game Pass, which w would have been a big step for them. But now they're going to look at okay, so where's our next target audience? Are they PC. going to be looking at against Nintendo and the Switch, or do they think they're going to be able to get more of the Apple if they go PC? 
So mm. I don't think that going effectively, if you have a PlayStation street only streaming console, handheld console, you're going up against the switch. Like yeah. that, that's, I'll, I'll, that's what you are. And I would say on top of that, Sony have actively created teams focused on mobile, like actual iPhone and, uh, and, and um, Android yeah. for those dorks. Um, <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, so that's, that's their avenue too, right? Where they, they've got that aspect of it. And like Ricky's point, right? Like phones are getting quite powerful where you might not necessarily need a dedicated handheld machine. You could just have remote play with the PS5 controller to your phone, right? And they had that. They had that on your PC with um, PS4, right? With PS Now. And we now know that they've kind of rebooted it. PS Now has gone. It's only on console. But that is 100% in the pipeline. Like PlayStation Plus, the new version of it, you will see an iteration of that on PC. And when that does come, we very much could see an iteration of that on on mobile devices. 100%. Why not? Yeah, so I because they've got their fingers in... In in their expansions, which Sony are known to, especially the PlayStation brand, they're known to basically do not one at a time. But they're working on a couple of projects, but they'll kind of put all their focus in one at a time and make sure okay. that, that does well. So the fact that they're already stretching out to mobile, they've already got a, a footprint in PC, and that's looking to continue with you know some of the upcoming games coming, and we all know that there's going to be more coming. So not only are they focusing on those two, we've got PlayStation VR number two coming out at some stage which is probably looking more and more likely to be next year uh, or even christmas this year to be honest so like we've got all these things that playstation are already working on i don't think doing a, fo a focused handheld is it fits in that pipeline but speaking of pipelines i want to ask you boys what do handhelds look like or what does the market for handhelds look like in the next five ten years do we hmm. think that for example, like everything's going to move to a phone as uh, Ricky keeps holding up and not, not saying. Um, do we think that we're going to see... Phone. Yeah. Do we think that more people are going to be driven towards, say, Steam Decks and, and more PC gaming mobile oriented? Or do we think, you know, Nintendo's going to start to move away from the handheld, moved back towards home console? Are they going to continue on their brand? Mm. What are they going to do? Like, how do we see the handheld market overall over the next five, 10 years. So Ricky, you've already mentioned, you reckon we're going to see more things happen on the phone? You yeah, think that's 100%. the way forward? I think so, yeah. I, like, like what is what is the, the best-selling video game console of all time? Your phone. Phone. <laughs> Phones are the highest-selling video game console of all time. Everybody has one. It would be stupid not to... You sound like that guy from Blizzard when they were doing the... Uh, yeah, you got um, phones, don't you? You got phones, don't you? Yeah, but I think like that was... like as, as silly as that expression was at the time, that dude was right. And look at Diablo Immortal now. It's making a million dollars a day in microtransactions. Yeah, that's fucked. So who looks fucking stupid now? Everyone in that crowd that was like... Ooh, ooh, ooh. It was like oh, he's, Activision yeah, he was Blizzard right. are still fucking stupid, but... Well, I know, I know. It's Activision Blizzard and they're assholes and dickheads, but... They were right. I mean, and like they were just a little bit ahead of their time and a little bit ahead of the curve. And I think uh, excluding Nintendo from this, because I don't think Nintendo will ever, 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 ever move their primary stuff across to uh, mobile. 100%. We're only, we're only going to keep getting all of the little like mini games and stuff that, that you have. The, the only, even, the, the, even, yeah. 
got like the Mario Kart one and there's like a run, the Mario run and there's, there's a few. So, there, so fun fact about Nintendo's mobile offerings, their mm-hmm. highest selling uh, game for mobile is mm. uh, Fire Emblem. And it's mm. basically Gosh. a gacha game. Interesting. It doesn't yeah. have the most downloads. However, it's the first mobile game to hit a billion dollars in profit. Not only Holy that, man. that billion dollars dwarfs all the, the combined totals of all the other mobile games that Nintendo has on offer Interesting. together. Interesting. It's literally Fire Emblem against the rest and they still cream them. The only one, and well, keep in mind that I'm not including, uh, I'm not including Pokemon Go because that's Niantic yeah, yeah. and Pokemon Niantic, Company. Yeah. So it's Fire yeah. Emblem against, yeah, Super Mario Run, Mario Kart Tour, uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of them. Fire Emblem's mm, yeah. the one. And even then, they're starting to pull resources from a lot of those mobile games because they're starting to realize, okay, well, this is nice. Let's go back to the Switch. Was that free to play? Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, all, I mean, all it's purely of monetization. Mario yeah. Run was I thought that was interesting at the time. I was actually nearly I was excited by that. Like look, I'm never like I'm not a big mobile like mobile phone gamer. I know it's a huge segment of the market, it just never appealed to me. But I remember when Nintendo did that and they're like, Oh, you know, Mario Run, it's five dollars. I was like, Oh, that that intrigues me because I like the idea of like say, them saying we're not gonna sell to you every time you bloody miss a jump, right? Like, it's coming up like, oh, buy these tokens. Like, it's $5 for this experience and it's yours. Um, but it's just obviously it's not the way that market works, right? Like, it just, you know, it sold well, but it wasn't a game changer. The, um, the difference between mobile games who are which are free and mobile games that even have a 99 cent cost, the sales, like, difference is huge. Get a free game loaded with microtransactions. Yeah. I will say this. It's I know Apple are doing some pretty good work with Apple Arcade. The reason, the only reason where I push back on the idea that mobile gaming, as in phone gaming, will become the primary mover for hardcore people in terms of Sony, Microsoft looking at it, is it's a known device to have so much shovelware. Like, you look at the Apple Store and the, the Google Store or whatever it's called on... The Play Store. Play Store for talks. Um, it is littered. Like, you know, I I used to always... This is how bad I was back in the PS3 generation. I used to look every Tuesday, the store would update and look at what's coming out and, like, go through every game and do all that. You can't do that now on PS5 because there's just games coming out every, you know, 10 seconds. Yeah. You think that's bad? The... Mobile phone, iOS, Apple, whatever. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You you yeah. wouldn't even you couldn't even look at every game, let alone play it. So mm. I think there is something there where you know you could see that still remain where there is still the need or the want for peripherals, just like there is still a need and a want for a console. Like I don't yeah. think console gaming will ever go away. It may shrink, it may change, it may evolve. But I still think there will be a hardcore audience that want that box under their TV or some sort of device that just links in or whether that becomes the TV itself or like, you know, long, long in the future. But I think that the same thing will be there for handheld gaming where, you know, your phone is a phone first and then becomes secondary to social media and games. I think there's still going to be an audience that want a dedicated gaming machine that all they do is game on it. And whether that is streaming only 
which very much could become what that becomes. And I, I believe that's where the, um, the, where the industry will be from a mobile perspective. It will be take your PC games or console games or whatever that looks like on the go via streaming. That yeah. is in a world where you can do that. And I think we will get there one day. Like, I, yeah, that, that needs to be the thing because games are going to become more expensive. We've established that. And they take longer to make. You're not going to see the next, you know, Uncharted 10 and then be like, oh, we have to dedicate millions of dollars in a separate team to make a mobile version. Like, they'll just have the one version of the game and it just beams to your device. Um, so I think streaming will be the future. Yeah, I think we're yeah, already I seeing think, that. Yeah, sorry, Ricky. I, was, I think in ten years' time you'll have you'll have your PC, and that'll be your, your hardcores that still want a, a, that experience, and it's a very tactile experience, and I love it. You'll have your Nintendo console because they probably will whatever it is, their, whatever it is, it'll be something you can hold, and then probably in the back of your TV you'll have a little green stick and a little blue stick, and that'll be your Xbox and your PlayStation, and it'll probably just beam stuff I think straight it'll into. It'll just be an app on the TV. We've already probably got that for Game Pass. Well. That's a good point. We do as well. But I think I, I think Josh is right when it comes to like, I think there still will be a console market and that'll be like the best way to play, you know, at the 10 years from now, it'll be 32K TV at 400 frames a second or some shit. But that won't be everybody. Not everybody's going to want that experience. A lot of people are going to be want, oh, just as long as it like, it doesn't take up any room under my entertainment unit and I can stream it to the TV and I don't have to use a hard drive. Like that's... A lot of people are like trying to like you know minimalize their impact and stuff on the world, and I think streaming software sort of allows them to do that sort of stuff. Like a lot of people have stripped away their Blu-ray collections in favor of just streaming. Like even me, like uh, I got rid of everything here that wasn't well that was available on the PlayStation and Xbox services. Everything here is stuff that isn't available. How much available did you get? There. I just want to know. I managed to buy, so I managed to fully pay off Pokemon Scarlet and. Then I had about fifty bucks in chain as as on top of that, so it was about a hundred and hundred and thirty odd, hundred forty odd dollars uh, all told for for twenty PS4 and Xbox One games. Yeah, you missed which, the ride. Should have done it before the uh, subscription well, came out. You know, I was I was even more shitty about. It. I was like, I was going through my stuff. I'm like, oh, I can get rid of this. I can get rid of this. I can get rid of this. And then I looked over and I still got my old Gen One Elite controller. And I was like, oh, I got the Gen Two. I got a bunch of other Xbox controls. I don't need the Gen One. I might get maybe 70 bucks for it or something like that. No, well, I didn't get anything for it. Do you want to know why? Because I rocked up on a Wednesday and guess what? The Sunday previous to that Wednesday, that was the cutoff date for trading in Gen 1 um, uh, Xbox Elite controllers. So I was fucking furious. But chances are I'll get double what the EB Games would have given me on Gumtree anyway. So I'm just going to chuck it up on there. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I think uh, circling back to that that final question and because we will move on to... Uh, to, to the rest of the, the show. But um, I guess from my perspective for the next five to 10 years, I, I do agree with Ricky. He almost took the words out of my mouth where I think we're going to have the PC. We're going to have whatever console Nintendo has, whether that's a, a home console or a handheld. I still think that Nintendo have done well enough with the Switch. They've done the Wii. The Wii U was, I, I still think, a middle console. Uh, in terms of they had good ideas, but they didn't have the technology to be able to do it. The Switch has been able to cover that. So I think that whatever Nintendo has, that will be the other one. But uh, for PlayStation and Xbox, it'll primarily be streaming to TVs, streaming to your PC or anything like that. 
the one outlier is I still think there will be a PlayStation home console because okay. they they want you to buy yeah. their AAA titles day one. They don't want it to be on the subscription service. And that goes beyond the you know the need for a console. It just goes to the company that's making it. Microsoft is a software company. Sony is a hardware company and yeah. always have been. And I, I hope, you know, I love having like PS7. my PS1, my PS2, PS3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Like, you know, I think there is still that generation. But in saying that, like there was that generation who collect videos or DVDs or Blu-rays. Like that has, I don't care what anyone says, that has completely been obliterated by Netflix and the introduction of um, streaming services. Crown on DVD. Like yeah. Music is the same thing. <laughs> Net, Spotify. Net, Netflix on DVD. Oh, not Netflix. Yeah. Fucking um, Stranger Things on DVD. Yeah. yeah. The only yeah. reason why games haven't gotten there yet is because you can't, because it's input based, right? Like, a, you know, a song, if it if it misses a bit or what, it, like, you know, like stutters for a second or even there is a slight delay, you're really not going to pick up on it. Where if you're playing a game, you pick up on it. No, as in like... You know, if I you're know watching you mean, a movie though. and the yeah. resolution drops or there's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. very slight yeah. delay, if there is a Half minor delay, delay to the drop. <laughs> if you're, you're if there is a very min, minor minute whatever the word is minute. delay in minute, yeah that one <laughs> when you hit a button and it doesn't appear on screen, people pick up on that, hundred and ten percent. Like people, people are nuts. I remember people back in the day were like, "That's not thirty frames. It's like twenty eight frames." I'm like, what the hell? And you tell the difference now. You can tell the difference between thirty and sixty. Uh, you know, let alone 120, but like that is what's holding it back. It's the technology where it's easy for us to say that, but I'm sure if you're speaking to someone 10, 15 years ago about movies, who, someone who collected movies or music and vinyls and things like that, and you said to them, Could you ever see a world where no one owns a physical CD or a vinyl? You're like, No. How would but we get it, our music? How would, yeah. Yeah, what? yeah, exactly. What am I going to do? He's yeah. a witch. Burn him. Yeah, exactly. And look, look where that those industries are. So I, I worry that that will happen. But I, yeah. I'd hope I'd be way, you know, way buried and dead by the time that happens. Hey, baby, the vinyl industry came roaring back in the in the twenty tens. Yeah, I, I can hand my grandson a Vita and be like, "Listen here, kiddo. Listen here, sonny. This is what I used to play on." Yeah, exactly. Also, how you could I... get the internet on and I could masturbate with it too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. no dick pics. How do I charge it? Oh, I don't. I, I've lost the proprietary cable. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say uh, USB Mini. What were you thinking, Nintendo? You weirdos. Oh, I don't know. But absolutely um, shocking connection. One, one thing I will say though is because a lot of because the last couple of generations of consoles have exponentially grown in terms of sales in general, focusing on PlayStation and Xbox, there's still a market. We've we've seen that. Yeah. Especially, I, I I think there has been, except for the current generation. No, but there's the more. There was more 360s issue. than um than yes, original but there Xboxes. was also more PS2s than there were PS3s. I think there's always like 200. It's always like 250 million. Like whereas yeah, PS2 was I think an outlier. Yeah, 80 PS3s, 80 million 360s. It's 160 plus whatever Nintendo's doing. Like it's always like that, or it's. 150 PS2s and 40 million Xboxes. Like, it's always that same number. And I think that's why you're seeing Xbox move to PC or Sony move to PC. It's because the gaming segment is growing or the console segment is growing, but it's growing slowly, right? It's steady. It's not declining. It's definitely not declining, but 
it's it's always like you know that balancing beam where people would be playing more on 360 and then a little bit on PS3 and then it will level out or people move to PS4 those people from Xbox moved to PS4, but that combined number isn't growing huge amounts. Yeah, just enough. PC is I just PC just steadily PC just steadily goes up. More and, and more people only, have have PCs. Yeah. More and more people are like getting Steam accounts and and you know good old games and Epic Store and all that sort of stuff. Like it's good old game. And it's not only that, it's the idea that those people weren't being sold to. Like, you couldn't buy Uncharted 1 on a PC. Like, you just, you can't do it. You have to buy a PS3 at the time. Where they look at that and be like, well, there's, you know, hundreds of millions of PC players that are playing World of Warcraft or playing whatever they're playing on their dorky PCs. We could sell to those people. And then all of a sudden that becomes a piece of the pie. Ricky, you'll learn this about me. I have been making the same joke about PC gaming for literally okay. 10 years. He still, okay. he still can't play PC games. Yeah, I'm still making the tax joke, the nerd, the, the dork. People used to come in and look for PC games. And I'd say, listen here, dorks. Like literally. And then and the, I'll and, try and to then sell he, the And then he complains about out. being... Being Mousen, abused. Yeah, being the uh, Yeah, he's picking Mousen the fights. is... Is the superior yeah. controller? I will have. All right. Answer. Anyway, so that's. <laughs> I, I think. I think. Okay. We basically covered all of that. Um, yeah. And we did it. Sean's at, like, yeah. Oh, we need to move on, guys. We need to move bring on. Bring it in. Bring it all in. All right, fine. So we also asked the question on Twitter this week, which was: Should PlayStation and Xbox create a handheld console to rival the Nintendo Switch? It was a tie. We had a fifty percent to fifty percent input. So. I guess that goes to show that, you know, there's what they're out there for it, but, you know, some people are thinking... Not everyone. Yeah, not everyone. Yeah. So, for example, I think it's a no. Josh, you think it's a yes? Oh, but yes. Yeah. My heart Ricky, is saying you yes. yes. No, it's a no. You are a no. See? It no, happens. No, no. Um, Streaming, not consoles. There we go. Anyway, we are going to move on. We're, we're nearing the end. We've got a couple of things that I do want to touch on. Uh, firstly... I want to talk about the upcoming games that are coming out for the next week. So we've got, I've got three of them on the list at the moment. We've got Clonoa Fantasy Reverie Series by MonkeyCraft, which is coming out tomorrow, the 8th of the 7th. It's coming for PlayStation, PC, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch, which I've put in the dock oh, so you guys is. can't see it or hear it. So uh, Nintendo's actually filed in Australia for the acronym NSW. That's why you put the Nintendo NSW Switch. Number. I'm just like, why is New, why is it only releasing New South so, Wales? That's weird. I can't wait for Mario Mario to be the new uh, premier of New South Wales. Oh yeah. my uh, god! Yeah, yeah. Taking over from Don Perignon. But anyway, uh, the other two games I've got here. Uh, so Klonoa, if you don't know, by the way, is the retro uh, 2D side scroller in a 3D environment. It, it's yes. almost like it's Mario but weeb. Um, I'm I'm totally oh. on my phone on the PlayStation Store right now, getting the download ready. I didn't realize it was coming out tomorrow. Yeah, coming out tomorrow. Um, so there's also Arcade Geddon by Ilphonic. So that also comes out tomorrow. It's on PlayStation, PC, and Xbox. Effectively, it's meant to be like waves against bosses. So there's a PVE element, there's a PvP element, there's a bunch of levels. I watched the trailer, and when they start saying things like, "Yeah, this is a great game." I'm like, okay, this is this is not a great game. So have a look at the trailer if you haven't. That's the game sounds. Is that the one where it's like a yeah arcade again? And that was the one where it's like you're defending an arcade. Yes, against right? the big corporation. Yeah. Yes. 
Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so that's arcade get in. Symbolism. Yeah, mm. and there's so much. And it's like, oh, this is the greatest game. It's like, guys, you're talking about games within games. Just hold on for a second. Like, let's let's slow down. Uh, yes. Um, and the last one yep. I wanted to mention is Necrosmith. Uh, uh, developed by Alloware or Alloware, sorry, uh, comes out on the thirteenth of the seventh, so it comes out next week. However, it on GOG Galaxy of Games or what? What did you call it, Ricky? Earlier? So, uh, oh, good old, good, good old, old games. games. Yeah, there we go. Um, that's what it's called? Thank you, Sean. Nah, it's my Galaxy of Games. Now right. it's coming out on the fourteenth on Steam. Now Necrosmith is effectively you're finding parts of monsters and then just satanically putting them all together and creating monsters and then you can just send them off into the wild or you can control them. Uh, it looks pretty good. Uh, very interested in the, uh, the types of accommodations you can make. Now, out of those three games, Ricky, which one piques your interest? I guess the last one. Necrosmith? Sure. Okay. We'll go with that one. No worries. Josh, what about yeah. yourself? Any of them that pique your interest? Yeah, I am a huge Klonoa fan from uh, back in the day. I do want to make it known that the PlayStation Store is saying no results. So that's that's obviously that's good, fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I'm a huge Klonoa fan. I remember that was like a. I remember that was the game that I played on PS One, and I couldn't remember the name of it. I remember you know like that game yeah, where it's like it. you played it. You played it as a kid, and you're like it comes into your mind randomly, and you're like, what the hell? I remember this. I remember the sounds and the playing this game um and then it just never you know i was like what the hell is it and it was this game so i will be all up in that but in saying that arcade again yeah i'm just going to check if i remember this correctly it's a third person not, shooter yeah is that not coming to playstation plus yes it is yeah it is your free games for playstation plus for july yeah along with crash bandicoot 4 so if you've got psr plus uh, essentials well, actually, speaking of PlayStation Plus and also uh, Xbox Gold, uh, Xbox Games with Gold will no longer be continuing from October this year. Basically, they've been redoing 360 yeah. games. They've run out of games to put on there. Plus, everything's moving to the service. It makes sense. Um, yeah. So anyway, they're the games that are coming out uh, over the next week. Now, before we do wrap up, I have a th final thought. I'll get to that in a second. But firstly, make sure you like the video and give us a subscribe here on YouTube. Hit that, hit that bell, ring-a-ding-ding, -ding, motherfucker. Absolutely. Mm. I, I, I'm absolutely going to sell it. But um, So the final thought that I have, and I feel like this is going to be a question that's going to be answered next week. So have a think about it. Mm. So the question mm. is, or at least the comment, is that Skull and Bones, if you all remember, Skull and Bones, will have a gameplay showcase tomorrow 8th of july we are mm. going to actually see gameplay officially by ubisoft so my question regarding that is what does skull and bones need to do to meet expectations i don't want to hear about what you wanted it to be yada, yada. what does it need to do to meet expectations so we're all going to have a look at the uh, the showcase tomorrow. We're going to have some thoughts next week. So make sure you do tune in to next week's episode of Busy Playing Something Live right here on YouTube. We're every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Australian. Are we Eastern Standard Time now? I don't think we're Daylight. Yes. Yep. yes. Yeah, Eastern, Eastern, yep. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Right AEST. That's right. AEST. Um, 
I'm still surprised I've managed to get through this episode with a very sore voice. So thank you for being. Oh, well, round of applause for Sean. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, I've got to cop that. Um, so thank you very much. But also thank you to those of you who have been watching. Hopefully you have enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon. And uh, Josh, I'm going to bring it back to you. You can uh, you can sign us off. Bring PS3 backwards compatibility natively to PS5. They're doing that. Go in peace. Uh, God save to... Jim Ryan. The no, they're already doing that. You need to think something else. Queen's dead. She's a hologram. Ricky, do you have right, something? Fine, 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 oh, fine. Wait, no. I've got one. Yep. Give me a new PlayStation Portable, please. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. See ya.